Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Free career advice for the people, because everybody deserves a better work experience. Call in to receive free career advice from Dr. Katie Revere, an experienced career coach and organizational psychologist. Dr. Katie has nearly 20 years of corporate business experience across various industries and divisions. She works with individuals, executives, and teams to create innovative, human-centered solutions to improve the workplace experience. Now here's Dr. Katie. Hi, good afternoon. What's going on? going on Seattle, what's going on everywhere else in the world. Hopefully we've got a nice uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed bunch of listeners today because we are going to be covering a topic that can go in many directions. And that is the topic of work and life and the integration of two. But before we do jump into the topic, I wanted to uh, make one announcement for the show. Really, really excited. I did announce this on our Facebook page last week, but we are live on all the podcasting apps. If you're listening now and you maybe you're on your lunch break and you can't quite tune in or listen as closely as you might want to, to some of the advice that we have been giving and, or, uh, you'd like to share the show, with friends or family who might find the content interesting, we are up on the podcasting apps. So pretty much any app that streams podcasts, you can find the Dr. Katie show. It's career advice, free career advice for the people because everybody deserves a better work experience. And that is truly, truly something I, I deeply, deeply believe in. And, uh, so you can go to podcast one, Apple podcast, tune in SoundCloud or Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast streaming app is. You can find us there. Please subscribe to the show. Listen to the episodes that are most interesting to you. And that will be really help, uh, helpful as we, um, get your feedback on the show through those, um, applications so that we can create more content that's interesting for you the most important audience, um, that, uh, is out there is how do we create the right shows, the most interesting content, the most useful content for you. So you can have a better work experience. Um, today I need to start with a confession. So this is an important confession for me because we are talking about the subject of work and life and the integration of two, the two. And In the past episodes, I've said we're live from our satellite office from Northern California, from San Francisco Bay Area, which is all true, but I have to admit that I do the show from my house. I do the show from home and it is something that I do for fun. I love doing this. I love doing the show. I love connecting with listeners and I love giving uh, career advice Um, and I do this also because I just had a baby about four and a half months ago, and here I am integrating my work in my life. So I'm making it work. I'm finding ways to do the work that's most 
interesting to me that I'm most passionate about. And I have been successful in integrating it into my life in a way that allows me to feel balanced and healthy and thrive in all the ways that are important to me. So I have to, I had to confess that (laughs) I wanted to be, I want to be honest with the audience. I'm, I'm loving being home with my baby. I'm loving being able to still nurse her, uh, you know, couple hour, every couple of hours. Um, it's a really beautiful part of life, uh, that I'm in and I'm really happy to be able to integrate the show and other aspects of my company, um, in my day to day. So that's my confession for today. Um, (laughs) I will um, also let you know that we have Dr. Victoria Henderson. I am uh, losing my words. Let me get back to that. Uh, We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson on the show again today. She's bringing us the data. Uh, What is going on in the world of work-life integration? Sometimes it's called work-life balance. There's a lot of ways an individual can be successful at their job and at their career. If you're working in a corporation, sometimes people think, you know, I need to work as much as possible because if my boss sees me putting in the extra hours, I'm going to get that next promotion or I'm going to get that project or, you know, there's a different mindset or maybe the way things are going down in your company it's leading you to believe that no, the people who stay late are the ones who uh, get promoted and get ahead. But I'm curious what the larger context um, actually is around data. What are people saying, Victoria, uh, in this space? And welcome back to the show. We're really excited to have you on for another episode. Thanks, Katie. And hey to all the listeners out there. Uh, glad to be back again and, and talk about this. I think this is a an issue that affects people across jobs, across industries. Kind of doesn't matter where you are. You've got to work and you've got your life. So while this shows up for different people, it's, it's important for everyone. So, um, you know, where to start? I, I think, you know, naming the, the issue as work-life integration is an interesting one that has come up in the last couple of years. You know, we were used to talk about work-life balance and you have a certain number of hours of work and those are supposed to fit into your life. And when you're not working, you're living and, you know, it's, they're supposed to be two contained buckets. And I would be interested to know if anyone listening um, has that experience. Uh, you know, for most of, of what we find in our research is that that's just not possible with most jobs today. Um, as we're more connected from our devices and as the nature of, of what our work is changes, um, work is not a nine to five sitting in front of a computer thing anymore. Um, we are often, uh, you know, looking at work on our different devices. We are managing different time zones. And so work becomes, you know, um, something that's harder to to put in a box and and leave there. And so as work takes over other corners corners of our life, we want to make sure that it's integrated in a seamless way that um, we're we're giving the best of ourselves to work, but we're also able to be successful and thrive in other aspects of our life. So the idea is there there should be, you know, some give and take on both ends. Uh, And and we'll get into talking about when that works and and when it doesn't work. But as far as the data, 
you know, I, I want to start with, you know, kind of when it goes wrong and when people um, raise it as an issue. So, you know, when, when work-life balance or work-life integration really isn't working, um, people tend to be working too much. They feel like they don't have other, they don't have room for other aspects of their life. And so they often get burned out. And so the latest statistics I've found are that about 30% of Americans feel burned out. And burned out, I see as, you know, really the high end of the scale of, I really can't do this any longer. I'm exhausted. Uh, my mental health might be suffering. And I'm so exhausted that I can't even be effective at work. You know, this, this is a no-win situation. The company's not getting any better out of me. I'm not enjoying this. And, and I'm possibly unhealthy. Um, there's also a lot of people who are what's called browned out where you know they're really pushing it to the line every day they um, might not be sick in the same way maybe their mental health isn't suffering um, maybe they're still quite effective in their jobs but they're exhausted all the time and they're not able to proactively have other aspects of their life um, and and to me that's really dangerous that we have so many people in that bucket where they're so close to the line all the time um, and, you know, when we get into that area, we have a lot of people who feel they can't grow in their career while maintaining a personal life. So people will say, you know, oh, I really don't want my boss's job. They're um, traveling all the time or they never make it home to see their families, et cetera. And so they, they feel like they have to choose because they see those in front of them having to choose. Um, typically about, you know, 30 to 50 percent of people in tech organizations feel they can grow in their career while maintaining a personal life. A really small number, um, and so then Wait, we, we step back and look at data. Uh, it depends on the company, but thirty to fifty percent in wow. tech organizations feel they can grow in their career while maintaining a personal life. Yeah, so that's that's really not a lot of people, um, and it, this this should be a basic thing that that we as organizations provide is you know the ability to to be a whole thriving person. So. It's tough. And, and it's, it's not just the amount of work we have. I mean, I think, you know, everyone listening would say, yep, I've got a really long to do list. There's just a lot of work to get done. But we're also seeing, you know, commutes get longer or um, flexible work arrangements aren't always so flexible. Often we see, you know, when there are less rules or structures in place, people aren't actually sure what flexibility they do have or what they can do to, to manage work-life balance. Since, as you said, um, you know, they're, they're worried how it'll come off or if their boss will see that as, as being less committed. Uh, we see a lot of people don't take vacations. About 59% of millennials say that they're ashamed to take a vacation. 42% um, have made fun of someone for taking a vacation. So, you know, the culture is, is just not that supportive of taking time away to go and recharge. Um, and then we get into to things called work martyrdom, where people feel they have to show that um, they're the only ones that can do their work. They're not replaceable. You know, they need to be on 24 seven and getting work done. Um, and, you know, that's again, a high end of the scale, but we've got about 43% of millennials fit that definition. Uh, about 30% of those in the workforce in total. So if, between a third and a half of our workforce feel that they need to be on all the time and the only ones who can get their work done. Um, you know, that's a really tough place to, to start. That's, that's why people don't feel they can take the time aside to, to recharge themselves and come to work as a full person. So I think a lot of what we'll talk about today is, you know, if, 
you're in a company where this is the culture. How can you start to draw some boundaries for yourself and um, make sure that you protect yourself so that, yes, of course, you can be a productive employee, but you can also maintain some longevity and maintain the rest of your life as well. Yeah. And you're more than just a worker. (laughs) Yeah. You're more than a worker. You are a human being. And yeah, this, this is going to be a fun discussion today. So stay tuned. We're going to go out for our first break and we are, the phone lines are open. So please feel free to call in and we'll be back. Uh, We'll be back in just a few short minutes. That's right. Lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Our numbers are 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW. That's 888-298-5569. Stay tuned for more of the Dr. Katie Show. Having a crappy work experience The complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, you can do it if you try. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Call in now to the Dr. Katie Show, 425-373-5527 or 888-888. Welcome back. You are listening to the Dr. Katie show. We are talking about the topic of work life and the integration of the two. We just talked about some really interesting stats. We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson on the show today, and she shared some data with us about how um, many people and actually specifically millennials uh, are uh, ashamed to take vacation. And um, there's, it's not, there's not necessarily a culture in organizations today where people are like, yeah, go have a great time off. And that's a shame. So I would love to 
to hear from anybody on the phone who is ex- or a listening listeners who are uh, perhaps experiencing a good work culture where you can have balance. I would love to hear any callers um, to come in and share where is it working really well? Where do you have a good work experience? And or if you need some advice on how to achieve more balance between work um, and your personal life, you know, definitely call in and we are happy to help you with that. What I thought would be a nice um, tangent to this conversation is just a brief discussion on the role of a manager and your, your balance between work and life. Last week, we talked about manager role, becoming a manager. And I, what really is coming up for me is, you know, I've worked in the corporate world for my, my whole career. So what is that over 20 years? And, you know, I've had some really awesome managers and the ones that I remember the most and that I cherished, uh, the time working for them the most are the ones that allowed me to build in things to build my career or get rest or respite. Um, when I finished my doctorate, um, I had a manager, uh, allow me a six week sabbatical, uh, over so that I could, you know, celebrate this six years worth of work that I had completed. And, you know, there's ways that managers can be supportive of this and still get the important work done that needs to happen in the department. So I'm curious from your perspective, Victoria, what are you seeing as the role of a manager in balancing work and one's personal life? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think this is one area where an experienced, good manager is, is going to have a lot of um, capability to kind of manage and massage this. And, and it's definitely a, a skill to be learned. Uh, often we've got new managers who, um, you know, want to look at distributing work evenly and treating each employee the same. So um, it takes some time to make sure that we're giving everyone uh, flexibility in a fair way, but doing it in a way that's authentic for each employee, because each employee is going to need different kinds of flexibility. For example, um, your instance of going to celebrate your your PhD is fantastic, but that's so unique to you. I mean, your manager can't say, and now everyone gets six weeks to you know celebrate right. their PhD. <laughs> it's it's, tr- it's got to be individualized. So I think what that points out is, you know, a manager has has two aspects there. One is managing the work that's expected of their team. Um, you know, your manager is going to be a, a great person and want to give everyone the flex, all the flexibility in the world, but they are responsible for making sure certain things get done for the organization. So they've got that aspect where they have to look at timeframes and, you know, what's most urgent and how different pieces of work fit together. They've got to have that on, on sort of one shoulder. And then on the other shoulder, each of their employees is individual people. So one thing I recommend for managers is in their weekly, well, I say weekly, but, um, you know, their regular one-on-ones with people who I would suggest is weekly, um, is that, you know, they ask a couple of questions to get at, one, what's on your plate and what's urgent in terms of tasks, and two, how are you? How are you as a person? Um, And so what that starts to get at is, you know, how are you stressed? You know, what are the work things that are stacking up and getting too stressful, And what do you need as a person? You know, you might find that a couple of people have a ton of things on their plate and they're just getting distracted. So if they could work from home a day or two a week, 
they'd be less stressed and they would get a lot more work done. And that's a win-win for everybody. Or you, on the other end, you might find that some people who have just started working from home can't find any structure in their day and they're bored. They should really come back into the office, be around their peers and, you know, kind of get into the swing of things. So I, I think it's that dual aspect of I've got to look at the work of my team, but then I've also got to look at each each employee individually and what they need. Yeah. And, and I love that, that comes with experience. Yep. And I love that you talk about, you know, the manager seeing the individual, that is such a critical behavior. Manager behavior is to be able to look at your employees, talk to them and see them as an individual human being. It's I, I've had a situation, I had a experience once it was a kind, it's kind of a bummer. So I'll warn you, it's kind of a bummer of an experience, but Oh, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Stop it. You're ruining my show. Okay. (laughs) Um, sorry, you guys. Oh, technology is really wonderful. Isn't it? Love it. Love it. Love it. So of course now I've lost my train of thought, but (laughs) thank you, Victoria, for telling us, um, the importance of the role of the manager and how to be successful at integrating. Um, this is a controversial topic for a number of reasons. Um, I think one is, um, there's no such thing as a work-life balance. I've heard people talk about that. Um, there's one, uh, sort of teacher, if you will, I don't know if anybody, uh, listening has heard of Sad Guru, but he, um, is, kind of a, I would say a mentor in our household, um, you know, words of wisdom come through. Um, and we, we follow uh, some of his, some of his blogs and whatnot. And he says, there's no such thing. Uh, it is all life. So when you, when you are constantly striving to create what you care for, you will never wish for a break. Life is life. It's life and life. It's not work and life which brings up a really interesting point. I mean, we all, unless we were born into wealth and abundance from the very beginning, we all need to earn money so that we can live in whatever lifestyle that we want. And, you know, we sometimes choose jobs and a lot of times, oftentimes choose jobs that meet our qualifications or that pays a certain amount or is in a certain location, um, but it might not be what we're deeply, deeply passionate about and love. And I think that's what Sadhguru is getting at here is that, you know, if you're constantly striving to create what you care for, meaning that you're doing something you truly love and you truly believe in, and that you don't necessarily need to, um, like consciously, you're not differentiating between work and life. So why would you need to focus on a successful integration? Um, it's kind of a more of a philosophical, a different philosophical approach to the concept or the topic of work-life balance. But I wanted to bring that up because for me, what that points to is just in general, just being present and understanding and feeling how you are emotionally about what you're experiencing in your life in general. And I think a lot of that can fuel one's attitudes and behaviors towards their career. Um, so I just wanted to offer that alternative perspective because if you love what you do, it's you, 
it's just there. It's just part of life. Um, and that you really don't need to separate it, but a lot of people don't love what they do. And that requires either you, you know, acknowledge it and get out and do something different for yourself. Um, hopefully with the hope, with the help of a coach, uh, somebody who can help you kind of weed through and unmask those blind spots. Um, but if not, you, everyone, you know, you just kind of put your nose to the grindstone and kind of keep trugging along and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, although you might be, you might be, um, limiting your happiness and your joy. So if you're one of those folks, uh, who is, you know, at a job, you like it for the most part, but you know, it's not your, your deep passion, but you're not going to do anything different about it. You're just going to keep, you know, keep chugging along. That's fine. Um, if that's the case, then maybe it's good for you to have some distinct boundaries between your work and your personal life. And those are things that can be helpful for you to say, no, this is unique family time, or this is time for me to be alone, um, and just be alone with my thoughts and my, my deep desires and passions for life, uh, versus, you know, always constantly having a ping, uh, on your phone, um, or your laptop or whatever, if you're, if you have company issued devices with you. So, Hopefully that was a, an alternate perspective that people found um, interesting. Um, we are ready, I think, to take a question from our email list. Um, we have the first question has come through, Victoria. I would love your help on answering this one. But we have a question that came in from Lindsay from Bellevue, Washington. Uh, Lindsay says, I like my job, but I worry I might be getting burned out. I'm just constantly on and I really enjoy each part of my job and I'm often saying yes to extra projects or tasks. So I'm working all the time. I'm tired, but I don't know what to say no to or how to do it in a way that won't be perceived badly. I don't want to be seen as someone who isn't ambitious or isn't a team player. Victoria, how would you answer Lindsay's mm. question? Oh, I really feel for Lindsay. And in a way, it, it reminds me of the approach you were just talking about, because it sounds like Lindsay is doing something she's really passionate about and is is doing it at, at all hours of the day. It is truly her life right now. But I think we want Lindsay to be able to put some boundaries around her job so that she can do this job for a long time. We don't want her to start to resent it or or frankly, just become so exhausted that she can't do it well and enjoy it anymore. So, and, and I, I feel for the dynamics as well. You know, if your team is used to you always saying yes or always being available, well, they're going to keep asking because you've always been available. Um, so some of this is going to be, you know, coming up with an approach of what you say no to. And some of it is going to be the socialization and, and getting your team to, to know what their expectations should be like, you know, for you. So I think part of this is, you know, work with your manager to to look at what is key to your role. You know, what are the things that absolutely have to get done? And then what are the extras? And then when you look at the extras, you know, are there some that are going to contribute to the work you already do? Are there some that are so tangential? Those are easy yeses and nos. But there might be some that you can say, yes, I'm going to do this later. 
So instead of just saying yes to everything, try to negotiate. You know, someone from another department asks if you can collaborate on uh, a new project that's going to start immediately and be really time consuming. Can you say yes, but I have to limit my engagement to two hours a week? Or can you say yes, but I need to wrap up my current project. I can get started with you next month, etc. Um, just to, again, start to draw some boundaries and and in that aspect of drawing boundaries, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a chat with your team and, and kind of tell them what you told us. You really like all of this. It's a little much. And so you're going to be having to say no. Um, but it's not because you don't want to help. It's because you're, you're trying to manage and be as effective as you can. And I bet your team would be really understanding of that, especially if you've been jumping in and, and going the extra mile as much as it sounds like you are. Yeah. And I would say, Hey, Lindsay, what also might be happening is they're probably looking at you questioning, wow, how are you doing all of this? You must be getting burned out. So it's likely that people are worried about you because if you're feeling burned out, you probably look burned out. Your work might not be as polished uh, as it was before you felt this way. So really, really important to, to take time for yourself and make sure that you rest. One other additional piece of advice is you know, you said in the beginning part of your question is I worry I might be getting burned out. What I think could be really useful, a practical way is to, I don't know if you use a journal or you document, um, in any way journaling, but I would start to, uh, journal what it feels like right now in your life, how you feel emotionally, how you feel physically, mentally, um, and, write down how you're feeling and see if you can isolate the specific symptoms, if you will, uh, and identify those as, oh, wow, when I feel these types of things, it's because I'm burned out. That way, you know, once you take the practical steps and advice that Victoria suggested, where you're, you know, you are setting healthy boundaries, you've had the conversation with your team, all those things are great. And you know, you, you're not always going to be in this department and this job and, but you will always be in your body and in your mind. And, you know, when things change, we change habits and then all of a sudden we get burned out and we like, how did we get to this point? So what I would suggest, uh, would be a nice way to compliment Victoria's advice is to identify what are the things, the physical things, the, um, the emotional things that, uh, are symptoms of burnout. And, uh, those can be the moments where you enact those healthy boundaries that we talked about a few moments ago. So hopefully that was useful, Lindsay, and good luck to you and take some time to, uh, yourself because you're going to do way better work. You're going to be more energized. You'll be a better team player when you, uh, are more balanced in your day to day. So I think it's time for our next break. So we will be right back and we'll get back to um, our questions from our listeners. Be sure and stay tuned and call in if you have a question for Katie at 425-373-5527 or toll free 888-298-5569. Having a crappy work experience? 
The complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Dr. Katie Show, free advice for the people. Give us a call now at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-KKNW. That's 888-298-5569. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to The Dr. Katie Show. I am Katie Rovere. We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson on the phone as well are on the line for the show for the listeners for all of you and we're talking about a very versatile topic a very versatile subject which is the integration of work and life sometimes it's called work-life balance sometimes it's called work-life integration but where it's taking the conversation has been kind of interesting we've talked about management's role in helping to uh, see the employee and and your staff as a human being and that they need to be able to balance their their life and their demands in order to be the best employee that they can possibly be. Um, we talked about the presence uh, of mind and if and the alternative perspective is if you're you know in a job that you um, don't like then you're you're on the wrong path and you should probably get on the right path so that you don't have to you know, hunt and search for balance between work and life. Um, and uh, we talked a little bit about burnout and how burnout can come from the experience of not having great balance in life. Uh, and uh, we we just took a call, uh, a question uh, from our email list in Bellevue, Washington. And I, when we were on break, I remembered I wanted to mention um, symptoms. So I talked about symptoms of burnout so for me, I know what is going, like when I have, um, I get like a, an arthritis or so, like a pain in my thumb joints. So weird, random, right. But you know, when you're on your phone too much 
and doing too many emails or whatever, you get like carpal tunnel syndrome. But I have that in my right thumb knuckle. That is my indicator <laughs> that I'm reaching burnout. That means I'm not only am I in back-to-back meetings all day long, but I'm also on my laptop working on project deliverables, whatever it is that I need to do to support my team, my department. Um, but in between meetings and even in transportation, I'm on my phone doing emails and looking up things or building documents in Google Docs. So it's like, that's my indicator of burnout is my sore thumb. Victoria, do you have a burnout indicator, a physical or emotional Ooh. symptom? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and I, I, I think you're right. Everybody has like these little um, things that pop up that you go, okay, I've, I've reached the line. Um, I get the, the top of my shoulders and neck get stiff from hunching over at my computer or when I know it's really bad is my eyes will hurt from staring at my computer. Yeah. I probably need to get my eyes checked anyway, but, yeah. but those are pretty clear physical signs of, all right, we're reaching that. <laughs> we're reaching yeah. that point. Good. So everybody's listening. What are your burnout signs where you, you feel like uh, you've been working too much and you need to take a break, pay attention to what your body's telling you, take deep breaths, you know, uh, often and, uh, try and stay present in as many moments as you can. And when you do capture those moments of presence, take a moment to step away and give yourself that rest. Um, because we are all human beings and we all deserve, um, to feel good and, um, but we have to notice, uh, when that's not working for us. Okay. So thank you for that. Let's jump into, uh, another email question. We don't have any callers yet, but hopefully we'll get some live callers. So if you are listening in, please call the show. You don't have to have a specific question. If you want to just have to join, if you just want to join the conversation that we're having today, we'd gladly welcome you to the call. Um, but we're for right now, let's take a question from the email list from Angela from Seattle, Washington. Um, Angela writes in and she says, uh, I manage a small team of customer sales representatives. The role for them is to support our customers over the phone, covering all time zones. Since we are a small team, coverage can be an issue when one person calls in sick if they covered a later time zone, it's hard for me to find someone to fill in. When I ask my team who can fill in to cover any extra shifts, they won't, they would get overtime. So that's good. Uh, no one is willing or no one is volunteering is what that sounds like. They just work. They just say work-life balance or that they already are stretched too thin it's becoming a business issue as often as I can't fill the shift and my customers' uh, calls go unsupported. So that's a bummer. Um, she also writes in to say, uh, I end up working 80 hours a week. I don't want to fire anybody, but I need to meet our business needs and I can't hire more people. What do I do? Oh my gosh, Angela, this is a really challenging situation that you're in. If you're working 80 hours a week, oh my gosh, like you're totally going to burn out if you're not burned out already. That is really frustrating. And if you're a manager who's burned out, you're probably not being the best manager that you can be right now. I wonder why no one is willing to work overtime? That's a question um, that's coming to mind. Is it 
hurts the culture in your team that bad that they don't feel that they really owe anyone overtime or it's like, it's that bad. They don't want the extra money. I really wish we had you live on the phone, Angela, so I could ask you all these questions. I don't know, Victoria, where does your, where does your mind go with this question? It's quite complex. There's, there's so many different areas. Yeah. I, and I, I just feel for Angela. She's working so hard and um, she feels a little let down by her team. So it, it feels like um, she's, she's in this position where she wants to make sure the business is supported, but her, her team's letting her down a bit. And um, it, it sounds like she wants to change things and, and not have to let anyone go. But, I, you know, Angela, I do want to say your, your first role as a manager, yes, you want to support your employees, but you know, you're there to, to help run the business. So, you know, don't feel as though you need to apologize for business needs. Um, this is the job your employees signed up for. So it does sound like it might be time for some tough love and, and sort of recommitting to, to what the role is. And so I would, um, one, make sure that having some kind of flexible schedule or taking on multiple shifts is, is somewhere in that job description. So work with HR to make sure that it says somewhere that people might have to take calls or take shifts at different times or trade schedules. You know, that's a very common thing to have in a job description. And so we want to make sure that's in place. And then I would have a meeting with your team where you review that, you know, that's, you know, part of your, you know, your, your team's goal is to support customers and that that ranges across time zones. It ranges across shifts. This is what we're all here to do. Ideally, we can all do that on our, our chosen schedules, but sometimes we do have to flex. And so maybe, you know, we come up with a list as far as, you know, who's next up to take an, un an undesirable late or early shift so that it's not always the same person having to take it. Um, but I, I would be clear that it is an expectation. Um, now, while you're going to be requiring a little more from your employees, I, I would make it clear that then there is some give. So if someone takes that really early or late shift at, um, you know, kind of quick notice, then, you know, do they get something else taken off on the end of the week? You know, do they get to take off early on Friday or is, you know, are they essentially trading shifts? So someone will take, take their other shift. It's not just that they're piling on extra work. It does sound like they're worried that more is just going to get piled on. So, you know, I, I think I'm coming back to be clear that this is an expectation of the business that we have people fill in in different shifts but that there will be some give on the other end of that to, to recognize their work-life balance. And if no one's willing, you know, you might have to, to start getting some documentation together and, and making sure that you have people in the role who are, are going to fill the whole role. And yep. that might mean other shifts. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's a really good point. So Angela, we hope that uh, this has been useful and we would be happy to talk to you more about the complexity of your environment, the complexity of your challenges. Uh, you can get in touch with me directly um, via my website, um, betterworkexperience.com and uh, book a private session. It sounds like you need um, a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time with with a coach. So please reach out. Be happy to work with you on um, working through some of those complexities. And I think we're ready for our next break. And then we, it looks like we have a caller. So we'll just take a quick break, Eric, and come right back.
Everybody stay tuned. More of the Dr. Katie Show coming your way. And you can call in. We've got a few more minutes of the program. 425-373-5527. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk 1150. Four two five three seven three five five two seven. if you want to call in today to The Dr. Katie Show. Thanks and welcome back. Uh, I am Katie Rovier. We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson and we are giving live career advice today. And we have a caller, uh, Lynn from California. Hi. Hi, Lynn. What can we do for you? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm self-employed, so I don't have a management um, issue, but I just wanted to comment that I really believe, you know, setting boundaries and and um, really taking care of yourself uh, made a huge difference for me in my practice. And um, I have a, a, a busy practice, and um, I was just uh, suffering some burnout. I was starting to feel tired and, you know, more irritable and not as happy uh, going to work because it was too busy. And when I really started set, setting boundaries, um you know, and I even raised my rate because I wanted to take more time off for myself. Um, I found that um, actually my practice got even busier. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's very strange, you know, and um, people became more appreciative of, of what I did. So um, I just wanted to make that comment, you know, that I, I think what you're telling people is really great. Thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate that. So just to summarize what I'm hearing, what I heard you say is that when you do take time uh, to acknowledge your needs uh, in your health and well-being, as it relates to the time you spend at your job, you actually turn that around and created a better work experience for yourself. I think that's probably because you came across more uh, balanced happier. Um, you, when, when we acknowledge our needs and we put that forward and we actually set boundaries and we, um, do things to, um, support, you know, those inner whispers that we get around what we should do to take care of ourselves. Um, we attract that back to us and, you just, that case in point, your experience that you just shared, you had a better practice, you were getting more business. And I think that's just wonderful. Is there anything that, um, that we can help you with? Is there anything that you're trying to work on to make it better? 
than well, it already is? I, just, um, I have a hard time saying no to people. I'm getting much better at it now, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Is it a, a female thing? <laughs> it's just really hard to say no to people. And uh, mm-hmm. if you have um, if you have some advice on that, um, I think that would be helpful for me. But also a lot of my friends have the same issue. Yeah. You know, for me, my one of one of our mantras here in our house is if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. So I, (laughs) I usually say no to things that are not going to bring me joy. Uh, and it's really, it's, I mean, in the day of Marie Kondo, (laughs) it's kind of feels like a cliche at this point, but it's super true. Um, so I, I will say no to things if I know that I won't be fulfilled by it. And, you know, when it comes to work, it's, you know, working in a company, it's hard to do that because you need to show up in a way where you're, you're a team player. And obviously you don't want to be saying no to all the stuff at work that doesn't bring you joy. Um, because you're going to probably get fired (laughs) because, you know, not everything at work, especially if you're working in a corporation, there's tons of things and tasks and things that aren't really fulfilling. Uh, but, um, I mean, practical advice for saying no, if, if, are you referring to like personal life stuff or like actual job tasks? It's like um, personal life, even, yeah. uh, even some, you know, uh, business related things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, um, it's hard for me to let somebody down. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. Well, if you have more of a practical tool is if you have like a personal mission statement, or you have like a strategy, if like, if you're looking at specific business things, you have your own company, you have an objective for your company. And anything outside any request outside of the scope of your business or the vision, or, you know, strategy for your company, you I mean, that might be a helpful, more practical tool that you can compare what is being asked of you. And does that fit in your business model? Is that out of scope for the work that you normally do? If it is, then it's a no. Or if you have a boundary set for yourself that you're going to work, you know, 35 hours a week, and you know that you can sustain your lifestyle on that amount of um, business or that amount of working hours. So anything outside of that would be a no. And then they can just book outward. I have a girlfriend who uh, owns her own salon and she's been in practice for over 10 years. So she's, I mean, she's busy and she's really, really good. And she does all hair, all kinds of hair for clients, all kinds of clients. And she uh, is very intentional that she has very explicit days off, even though her clientele needs her to work seven days a week, you know, 10 hour, 12 hour days. So she's very intentional about setting boundaries so that she has time for her family and friends. So I would suggest you do something similar, um, with, with your, uh, practice as well, Lynn, hopefully that was useful. I don't know, Victoria, if you would follow up with, with anything I may have missed. 
I, I think that's great advice. And, you know, one thing that came across to me, Lynn, is as you were describing how you've, you know, already started to draw more boundaries is it sounds like you really started to value your own time. So in charging a little more and, and putting some boundaries around it, you said, you know, my time is important. It's worth this much. And your clients agreed, by the way, you know, they're, they're still paying your practice is thriving. So I would right. say, you know, to hold on to that sense of value of your own time, whether it is in your personal life or your professional life, often, um, you know, we, we become good at that in our professional life, but then in our personal life, we, we let people monopolize our time in different ways. And so, um, you know, make sure you carry that across. And then um, to the point of, you know, you're getting so much work and it's hard to say no, uh, you know, what it sounds like is, you know, you really want to help your clients and, and help the, the people that come to you in your business. And so it's hard to turn them away or saying no. And so I would have a range of kind of yes alternative. <laughs> so if you can't say yes to a job because it's going to eke in on your personal time or you've just got too much, you know, one option might be I can do it, but I can't do it till next month. Will that still work? And if that doesn't work, um, maybe you have someone you can refer them to uh, and, and you can work out a referral network with other peers in the industry, you know, depending on what it is you do. And, and that becomes a bit of a win-win for everybody. Um, and and that way you feel like you're still helping without just telling somebody no, because I know no is, is tough if it's a, a long-term client or, or somebody you really want to help. Thanks, Victoria. Was that helpful, Lynn? Thank you. Yes, you both are awesome. just great. Thank you so much. Good. appreciate you calling in today. And, uh, you know, if you want to call back in a little while, let us know how it's going. We'd love to hear back from you. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Katie. All right. Thank take you, care. Victoria. So I am loving this topic today. We have covered so many different areas of work life integration. And one of the really exciting things that came up for me and that I'm really, really feeling super energized about is, uh, started coming to me as you were talking, Victoria, when you mentioned start, you started to value your time and value where you're spending your time. And that to me, I heard really, really loud and clear is really loving yourself, loving and cherishing your time on this planet and being able to honor that, um, whenever you are engaged in any activity. And so in these final moments that we're on the air with all of you listeners, I just want to remind everyone to be present and acknowledge um, that you are worthy of feeling joy and love and balance in all aspects of your life. And if you are feeling there's chaos going on or that you've maybe um, have no boundaries and you're kind of pulling your hair out, um, at the end of each week or day or what have you to take a moment and pause because you don't have to live that like that. Um, you're not going to put your best foot forward. You're not going to do your best work. You're not going to be the best manager. You can be the best spouse, the best parent, the best neighbor, the best community member. Um, you're, and you're going to be suffering and Internally, emotionally for that. So 
think about what work-life balance means to you, whether you believe in it or not. Um, but we are here for you on the Dr. Katie show. Thank you, uh, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson for joining us again and dropping some sweet knowledge and data on us, uh, today on this topic. And, um, I think we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. So thank you all so much. Really enjoyed the show today. Be well, talk to you next week.